This is a recording of The Lord God Will Proceed, Nephi's Wordplay in 1st Nephi 22, 8-12, and the Abrahamic Covenant, by Matthew Bowen. Published in Interpreter, a journal of Latter-day Saint faith and scholarship, read by Victor Worth. Abstract. Nephi quotes or alludes to four distinct Old Testament passages, Genesis 22:18, Isaiah 29:14, Isaiah 49:22-23, and Isaiah 52:10, twice each in 1st Nephi 22:6 and 8-12. These four texts form the basis of his description of how the Lord would bring to pass the complete fulfillment of the promises in the Abrahamic covenant for the salvation of the human family. These texts shared use of the Hebrew word goyim, nations, kindreds, Gentiles, provides the lexical basis for Nephi's quotation and interpretation of these texts in light of each other. Nephi uses these texts to prophesy that the Lord would act in the latter days for the salvation of the human family. However, Nephi uses Isaiah 29.14 with its key word yosip, yosip, to assert that iterative divine action to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, taking the form of, quote, a marvelous work and a wonder, close quote, would be accomplished through a Joseph. Onomastic wordplay involving the names Abram, Abraham, and Joseph constitute key elements in 1 Nephi 22, 8-12. Some of Nephi's most sophisticated and significant prophetic uses of Isaiah's writings involve appropriations of Isaiah 11, 11 through 12 and Isaiah 29, 14. For example, in 2 Nephi 25, 17, he merges these two prophecies to create his own prophecy of the Latter-day Gathering of Judah and Israel. Quote, And the Lord will set his hand again, Yosip, the second time to restore his people from their lost and fallen state. Isaiah 11, 11. Wherefore, he will proceed, Yosip or Yosip, to do a marvelous work and a wonder among the children of men. Isaiah 29.14 As has been argued elsewhere, Nephi interprets these two Isaianic prophecies in light of each other on the basis of their mutual use of the Hebrew verb yasap, to add, continue to do, carry on doing, increase, have more. Hiphil, causative, increase, to do again, more. Nephi's evident juxtaposition of the homophonous and morphologically similar forms Yosip, Hiphil third person masculine singular justive, and Yosip, Yosip, qual masculine singular participle, evokes the name Joseph, Yosep, may he, God, add. In light of the patriarch Joseph's, his father Lehi's, and his own knowledge that a future Joseph, see 2 Nephi 3.15, would be the instrument of divine restoration. Nephi's exegetical juxtaposition of Isaiah 11.11 and 29.14 appears to create a deliberate onomastic wordplay on the name Joseph. Nephi's subsequent statement, mere verses later, that this divine restoration would be orchestrated, quote, that the promise may be fulfilled unto Joseph, Joseph, that his seed should never perish as long as the earth should stand, 2 Nephi 25.21 confirms as much. In 2 Nephi 25.17, Nephi further equates Judah's and Israel's quote, lost and fallen state 
with its scattering among the seven listed nations, a number of fullness and perfection, and the isles of the sea, from which the Lord would add his hand to gather his people. Quote, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again, Yosip, the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea, Isaiah 11.11. Isaiah had elsewhere given prophetic expression to the Lord's intent to add, to do a marvelous work, quote, Therefore, behold, I will proceed, add, Yosip, Yosip, to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Isaiah 29.14 In 2 Nephi 25.17, Nephi interprets this marvelous work and a wonder among his people as a wider marvelous work and a wonder among the children of men. In other words, Nephi offers an expansive interpretation of Isaiah 29.14 beyond the narrow delimitations of the house of Israel, seemingly implied in the phrase, this people, Hebrew, ha'am hazeh. In 2 Nephi 29.1, Nephi records a revelation from the Lord, again in the language of Isaiah 11.11 and 29.14. This oracle, however, reverses the order of quotation found in 2 Nephi 25.17, with Isaiah 29.14 preceding Isaiah 11.11. But behold, there shall be many at that day when I shall proceed, Yosip or Yosip, to do a marvelous work among them, Isaiah 29.14, that I may remember my covenants which I have made unto the children of men, that I may set my hand again, where Osip yadi the second time to recover my people, Isaiah 11.11, which are of the house of Israel, 2 Nephi 29.1. Here, as previously, Nephi's revelation expands the concept of this people from Isaiah 29.14 to include, quote, the children of men. But note, too, the use of children of men in a broad purpose clause, quote, that I, the Lord, may remember my covenants which I have made unto the children of men, close quote. Given that the language of the Lord's remembering covenants in the Book of Mormon is connected to the Abrahamic covenant, e.g. 1 Nephi 15, 13-18, 22-9, 2 Nephi 29-14, 3 Nephi 20, 25-27, and these covenants appear to constitute those aspects of the Abrahamic covenant that specifically pertain to the entirety of the human family. In other words, these covenants pertain to the Lord's promise to Abraham that, quote, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Genesis 22.18. In fact, 2 Nephi 29.14 frames the whole 2 Nephi 29 oracle on the coming forth of more of the Lord's word in terms of the Abrahamic covenant. And it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel, shall be gathered home. C.F. Hebrew, Yaseb unto the lands of their possessions, and my word also shall be gathered, C.F. Hebrew, Yaseb, in one. And I will show unto them that fight against my word and against my people, who are of the house of Israel, that I am God, and that I covenanted with Abraham that I would remember his seed forever. 
Nolby Reynolds correctly observes that, quote, the Abrahamic covenant is the key thread of the salvation history presented in the Book of Mormon, close quote. In this article, I wish to examine 1 Nephi 22, 8-12, which constitutes a part of one of Nephi's prominent expositions of Isaiah's writings, in which the former twice uses Isaiah 29:14, and also expands that text's notion of this people, in order to detail the Lord's future fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. When Nephi combined the prophecies of Isaiah 11:11 and 29:14 on the basis of their common use of forms of yasap, he did so as a wordplay on the name of Joseph. First, as a reminder that it was the seed of Joseph that the Lord would gather in fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant promises, and second, to foretell the instrumentality of a future Joseph in this gathering and the coming forth of additional scripture. In a similar way, Nephi twice uses Isaiah 29.14 with its participle Yosip Yosip idiom, he will proceed, in 1 Nephi 22.8-12. He does so in tandem with an exegetical Gezerah-Shawah-type juxtaposition of Isaiah 49.22-23, Genesis 22.18, and Isaiah 52.10, texts that he joins together and interprets on the basis of the noun goyim, nations. Using Isaiah's Yosip Yosip idiom, Nephi emphasizes that the marvelous work, which would result in Israel's complete restoration and redemption, would also bring about the Lord's promise to Abraham that all the kindreds, nations, goyim, of the earth would be blessed. Here too, Nephi's Yosip Yosip wordplay calls attention to the fact that the miracle will be accomplished through a Joseph. Accompanying wordplay on the name Abraham reinforces the connection to the Abrahamic covenant. The Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles. Nephi's use of Isaiah 29.14, Isaiah 49.22-23, Genesis 2.16-18, and wordplay on Joseph and Abraham to interpret Isaiah 48 through 49 in 1 Nephi 22, 8 through 9. According to his own record in 1 Nephi 22, Nephi interprets and explains to his brothers Isaiah 48 through 49, a text that he read aloud to them to, quote, more fully persuade them to believe in the Lord their Redeemer, 1 Nephi 19:23. Broadly speaking, Isaiah 48, 1 Nephi 20, describes Israel in its lost and fallen state, i.e. its scattered condition, a process of which the Lehite-Ishmaelite party was a part. Isaiah 49, 1 Nephi 21, details the steps to gather Israel from its scattered condition. For example, Isaiah 49, 1 Nephi 21, details the calling and commissioning of a servant prophet to gather Israel from its scattered condition. The specific mission of that servant prophet pertains to the gathering of Israel. Quote, and now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, Hebrew Ketiv Lo Yeaseb, Isaiah 49.5 KJV, or better, quote, And now the Lord says, Who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. Hebrew Kere Lo Yeaseb, Isaiah 49.5 NRSV. 
The latter reading is particularly significant in that the prophet's explicit mission is the gathering, Yasep, of Israel, to the Lord. The verb and its form here are both significant in the broader prophetic context of 1 Nephi 19-22, in that the verb asap, to gather, to bring in, gather in, withdraw, take away, is one of the verbs, along with the verb yasap, add, used to ideologize the name Joseph in Genesis 30-23-24. The form yasap, that he might gather, constitutes a close homonym of Yosep, Joseph. As Russell M. Nelson has pointed out, the Yasap verb form, Yosep, and he added, i.e., and he added together, takes on precisely this meaning in 2 Samuel 6.1. Again, David gathered together, Yosep, all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, close quote. These observations have relevance for Nephi's use of Isaiah 29.14 in 1 Nephi 22.8-12 as a part of his explanation and interpretation of Isaiah 48-49 and the future steps the Lord would take to gather Israel through a gathering prophet. After briefly restating the content of Isaiah 48-49 in 1 Nephi 22.1-7, including the function of the Gentiles or nations, as described in Isaiah 49, 22-23, Nephi uses the language of Isaiah 29, 14 to give a more specific description of how the Lord would gather Israel. Quote, And after our seed is scattered, the Lord God will proceed, Yosip, to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, Goyim, nations, which shall be of great worth unto our seed. Wherefore, it is likened unto their being nursed, versus nourished, by the Gentiles, and being carried in their arms and upon their shoulders. And it shall also be of worth unto the Gentiles, and not only unto the Gentiles, but unto all the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds, goyim, nations, of the earth be blessed. First Nephi 22, 8-9 Nephi appropriates Isaiah's use of the verbal idiom yosip, yosip, plus infinitive lehapli, to do a marvelous work. In Isaiah 29.14, to detail how the Lord and his prophet servant will gather, yasep, Israel to the Lord. Isaiah 49.5, 1 Nephi 21.5. The marvelous work that the Lord will proceed, yosip, to do, would be a written record, as suggested by the phrase, quote, making known of covenants, close quote, 1 Nephi 22.9. Just as Nephi's use of Isaiah 11.11 and 29.14 intimates the role of a Joseph in the gathering foretold in 2 Nephi 25.17-21 and 29.1, so too Nephi's use of Isaiah 29.14 and Isaiah 49, including Isaiah 49.5, in 1 Nephi 21-22, suggests the identity of this prophet-servant in Joseph. Moreover, where Nephi expansively interprets this people in Isaiah 29.14 as the children of men in 2 Nephi 25.17 and 29.1, he had previously gone even further in that direction in his explanation and interpretation of Isaiah 48-49, 1 Nephi 20-21, in 1 Nephi 22. 
Nephi interprets a marvelous work among this people as a marvelous work among the Gentiles. This appears to have been influenced or prompted by Isaiah 49, 22-23, the very text Nephi subsequently quotes. Quote, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, goyim, nations, and set up my standard to the peoples, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Isaiah 49, 22-23 Isaiah 49, 22 matches Gentiles, goyim, nations, with the peoples, amim, as a poetic pair, i.e. in parallelism. Isaiah's semantic pairing, which also prominently occurs with ensign and standard, Hebrew nes, in Isaiah 11.10, seems to have prompted or justified Nephi's substitution of Gentiles for this people, in his quotation of Isaiah 29.14 in 1 Nephi 22.8. This has implications for Nephi's quotation of Genesis 22.18 as part of his invocation of the Abrahamic covenant, in 1 Nephi 22.9, where goyim constitutes the key lexical basis for quoting the former text. Quote, In thy seed shall all the kindreds, goyim, nations, Gentiles, of the earth be blessed. Close quote. Nephi's quotation of Genesis 22.18 appears to have in view the covenants that the Lord made with Abraham, beginning in Genesis 12.2-3 and concluding in Genesis 22. 16-18, texts that form a kind of inclusio, or bracketing, around the Abrahamic covenant narratives. The Abrahamic narratives begin in earnest with the Lord's promise to make of Abram a great nation. Quote, and I will make of thee a great nation, goi gadol, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families, mishpichot, of the earth be blessed, or bless themselves. Genesis 12, 2-3 In addition to anticipating Abraham's future paternal relationship to the nations, or Gentiles, this promise looks back to Genesis 10, 5, where Goyim occurs for the first time. Quote, By these sons were the isles of the Gentiles, Hagoyim, nations, divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Begoyahem, close quote. The Isles of the Gentiles, or Islands of the Nations, will be the locus of the future gathering of Israel, especially in the Isaiahic Corpus, see e.g. Isaiah 11, 11-12, 49-1, and 22-23. Abram's change of name to Abraham constitutes one of several climactic covenant moments in the Abrahamic covenant cycle. Yahweh's promise to make Abram, Abram equals Ab, father, plus Ram, exalted, high, i.e., the father is exalted, or exalted father. Quote, a father of many nations, close quote, and its imminent fulfillment necessitates a change of name that concords with Abraham's desire as expressed in his autobiography, quote, desiring to be a father of many nations. Abraham 1, 2. 
The Lord thus declared to Abram, quote, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be, or become, a father of many nations, Ab Hamon Goyim. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, Abram. But thy name shall be Abraham, Abraham. For a father of many nations, Ab Hamon Goyim, have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, Wehiprati, and I will make nations, Goyim, of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Genesis seventeen four through six. Robert Alter writes, quote, The meaning of both versions of the name is something like exalted father. The longer form is evidently no more than a dialectical variant of the shorter one. The real point is that Abraham should undergo a name change, like a king assuming a throne. It has been proposed as he undertakes the full burden of the covenant. Notably, the nation's king's sequence of Isaiah 49, 22-23, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles, nations, goyim, and set up my standard to the people, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and queens thy nursing mothers, parallels the nation's king's sequence of the Genesis 17 iteration of the Abrahamic covenant. I will make nations, Gentiles, goyim, of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Genesis 17.6 Just as the covenantal giving of a new name in Genesis 17 revolves around the nation's king's theme, Nephi's description of the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant in terms of Isaiah 29.14, including his use of names and divine titles, also revolves around the nation's king's theme. As virtually every exegete of the Hebrew Bible is aware, the etymology of the name Abraham, whether a dialectic variation of Abraham or not, does not strictly correspond to its explanation, Abhamon Goyim, father of many nations. Regarding the relationship of Abraham to Abhamon Goyim, Nahuma Sarna writes, quote, I will make your name great, that is, your name Abram will be enlarged by the addition of a syllable. The anomalous grammatical formulation supports the midrashic nature of the interpretation. It is possible that, by means of wordplay, the consonants A-B-R-H-M were interpreted as shorthand, called notarikon in post-biblical Hebrew, for A-B-I-R, mighty one, and hamon, multitude, plus goyim, nations, as Ibn Ezra suggests, close quote. Sarna's observations have potential implications for at least two aspects of Nephi's text here. First, Nephi clearly plays on the typological aspects of Abram, Abraham's theophoric name. Quote, the making known of the covenants of the Father of Heaven, cf. Hebrew Ab Shamayim, unto Abraham, Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds, nations, goyim, cf. Ab Hamon goyim, of the earth be blessed. 1 Nephi 22.9 One hears in the Hebrew words Ab Shamayim, Father of Heaven, an echo of Exalted Father, Father Exalted, and Father of a Multitude, Father of Many Nations, as titles of the one cutting the covenant with Abraham, which covenants will enable Abraham to become like the Father of Heaven. One also hears echoes of the Abraham Melchizedek tradition, including the words of Melchizedek in his blessing of Abram Abraham, quote, 
and Melchizedek, Malkitzedek, king of Salem, Melech Shalem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven, Kone Shamayim, i.e. procreator or father of heaven and earth, Genesis 14, 18-20. Melchizedek himself receives the name title King of Heaven, as Restoration Scripture makes clear. Quote, and this Melchizedek, Malkitzedek, having thus established righteousness, Tzedekah, was called the King of Heaven, Melech Shamayim, by his people, or in other words, the King of Peace, Melech Shalom or Melech Shalem. Genesis 14.36 JST Alma 13.18 appears to cite the same tradition, quote, And Melchizedek did establish peace, Shalom, in the land in his days, Therefore he was called the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, cf. Isaiah 9.6. For he was the King of Salem, Melech Shalem, cf. Genesis 14.18. And he did reign under his father, Abi. We note that Abraham had the express desire, quote, to be a greater follower of righteousness, e.g. Mat, Hebrew Tzedekah, and to possess a greater knowledge and to be a father of many nations, cf. Hebrew Abhamon Goyim, a prince of peace, C.F. Hebrew, Sar Shalom, Abraham 1.1. Second, in 1 Nephi 22.12, Nephi alters the Isaianic divine title, Mighty One of Jacob, Abir Yaakob, to a form attested only one other time within the Isaianic corpus, Mighty One of Israel, Abir Yisrael, Isaiah 1.24. The alteration, however, perhaps suggests Nephi's consciousness of the significance of Abir Yaakob and Abir Yisrael from Isaiah in the context of the Abrahamic covenant, and the name Abraham as a notarikon of Abir Hamon Goyim, mighty one of many nations. Cf. Ab Hamon Goyim, father of many nations, Genesis 17:4-5. We should also note here that Abir constituted an, quote, epithet of the Father God, close quote, whom Abraham worshipped and what Abraham was becoming. DNC 93.19 with DNC 132.29. Near the end of Abraham's biography and following Abraham's arrested sacrifice of his son Isaac, sometimes called the Akedah, the binding, the Lord reiterates to Abraham his initial covenant promise from Genesis 12.3. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The Genesis 22, 16-18 text forms the closing bracket of the biblical inclusio and ultimately represents the text from which Nephi twice quotes. Quote, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations, goyim, of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. The Lord God will proceed to make bare his arm, Nephi's exegetical blending of Genesis 22.18, Isaiah 29.14, and Isaiah 52.10 in 1 Nephi 22, 
10 through 11. Nephi's second iteration of Genesis 22.18 becomes the basis of an additional Gezerah Shoah-type quotation of Isaiah 52.10 in the second iteration, blended with Isaiah 29.14, the passages being joined together on the basis of the noun goyim, nations. Quote, And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all the kindreds, goyim, nations, of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bare his arm in the eyes of the nations, goyim. Wherefore the Lord God will proceed, Yosip, Yosip, to make bare his arm in the eyes of all the nations, Goyim or Gentiles, in bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel. 1 Nephi 22, 10 and 11. Thus, Nephi rephrases the key phrase from Genesis 22:18, In thy seed shall all the nations, Goyim, of the earth be blessed. Quote, all the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless. Close quote. And then adds another biblical text, another Isaiahic text, in which goyim constitutes a key term. The Lord hath made bare, chasap, his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, hagoyim, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 52.10. Nephi then quotes Isaiah 52.10 again, blending or hybridizing it with Isaiah 29.14, quote, The Lord God will proceed, Yosip, Yosip, to make bare, cf. Hebrew, lachsob, his arm in the eyes of all the nations, hagoyim, close quote. In using the Yosip, Yosip idiom from Isaiah 29.14 a second time, Nephi draws together and functionally equates the divine action there characterized as a marvelous work, or marvelous work and a wonder, with the divine action characterized here as chasap, Hebrew strip off, bear. The Lord making bear his arm in the eyes of all the nations, from Isaiah 52.10. Excursus. The name Joseph as symbolic extension of Abrahamic covenant promises. The growth of Jacob's family represents a further development of the Pentateuchal theme of the Abrahamic covenant and its fulfillment. The divine bequest of children to the heretofore barren Rachel in Genesis 30.22 employs language that recalls the Lord's fulfillment of the promise to multiply Abraham's posterity. Quote, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. Close quote. The statement that God remembered Rachel Waiskor Elohim and Rachel directly recalls the statement that quote, God remembered Abraham close quote Waiskor Elohim et Abraham Genesis 19:29 in his preservation of Lot from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah Moreover the statement quote, and God hearkened to her Waishma Eleha Elohim harkens back to the ideological wordplay on Ishmael Ishmael may God hearken in terms of Shema, hear, hearken. See Genesis 16:11 through 12, 17, 17 through 20, 21, 5 through 6, 9 through 12, 17, 28, 8 through 9, and 37, 27. And the beginning of the fulfillment of divine promises to Abraham regarding a numberless posterity. At this point in the text, the Genesis narrator includes a chiastic double etiology for the name Joseph, voiced through Rachel his mother. A. And she conceived and bare a son. B. And said, God hath taken away, Asap, my reproach. 
See, and she called his name Joseph, Yosef. B prime, and said, The Lord shall add Yosef to me. A prime, another son. Genesis thirty twenty three through twenty four. The bracketing inclusio a a prime with its key term ben son anticipates not one but two sons for Rachel, the firstborn Joseph and his younger brother Benjamin, Benjamin son of the right hand, to whose name also Ben alludes. Within this inclusio, a clever double alliteration asap Elohim. God hath taken away, or God hath gathered up, and Yosef Yahweh, may the Lord add, in B B prime, pivots around the naming of Joseph in C, and she called his name Joseph. The double etiology and the desire for alliteration appear to drive the alternating divine name titles, Elohim in B and Yahweh in B prime. The structure of the double etiology then highlights the importance of the name Joseph in C, and his role as birthright son above those of his brothers. The double etiology with its asap-yasap dyad represents a double portion for Joseph, as it were. But it also represents a doubling for Rachel. Robert Alter writes, quote, Rachel's double etymology refers to birth and prospectively to a future son. She remains true to the character of her initial speech to Jacob, where she demanded of him not a son, but sons. Close quote. Sarah bears Abraham one son. Rachel bears Jacob two. In other words, the double etiology represents the Lord's multiplying Rachel and Jacob in fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. The name Yosep, as the third-person masculine singular causative, Hifil, form of the Hebrew verb Yasap, is not merely the predictive, the Lord shall add, KGV, but an expressed hope or even a prayer, may the Lord add, may the Lord increase him, or may the Lord cause him to continue. The Lord shall increase, Yosef Yahweh, you more and more, you and your children, Psalms 115.14, KGV, or better, may the Lord give you increase, Yosef Yahweh, both you and your children, Psalms 115.14 NRSV. The language of Psalms 115.41 seems to deliberately echo Rachel's words in Genesis 30.24 and gives expression to the Abrahamic covenant notion of multiplying in terms of the causative justive form of Yasap as a near homonym of Joseph, Yosep. Just as the name Joseph in the senses may he cause him to continue and may he increase, and in the context of Rachel's double etymology, expresses the Abrahamic covenant notion of a continuation of the seeds and increase in mortality and beyond, the name of Joseph's birthright son Ephraim, doubly fruitful, also extends the hope and promise in Abraham's remaining a father of many nations. Quote, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, Wehipreti, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, Genesis seventeen five through 6 Joseph explains the giving of the name Ephraim, doubly fruitful, thus, quote, And the name of the second son called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful, Hiprani, in the land of my affliction. Genesis 41.52 
The etiology in Genesis 41:52 intentionally recalls the foregoing promise made to Abraham in Genesis 14:5-6. Therefore, just as Joseph, may he, God, add, extends the meaning of Abraham, father is exalted, father of many nations, Ephraim's naming, voiced through the patriarch Joseph, extends the meaning of the name Joseph. Joseph, may he, God, add, becomes fruitful son, or bow, ben porat, with daughters, or branches, banot, Genesis 49.22. See also especially Genesis 48.3-5, Genesis 48.5-11, JST, 50.24-31, Nephi 4.3-12. Within the double etiology for Joseph, the verb asap serves a nearly antonymic function to yasap on one level, hath taken away versus may he add, though both verbs express Abrahamic covenant concepts. The broader range of meaning for asap is to gather, i.e. to bring in, to gather in. Moses' gathering of Israel for the first time begins with the gathering of Israel's elders. The key term in this initial gathering is asap. The Lord commanded Moses, quote, Go and gather, weasapta, the elders of Israel together, Exodus 3.16. The narrator subsequently notes, quote, And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together, weasapu, all the elders of the children of Israel, Exodus 4.29. Thus the asap-yasap pairing is not merely antonymic, taking away versus adding, but also on another level, complementary, gathering, and adding or gathering and increasing. Wherefore, he will bring them again out of captivity. Nephi's use of adding and gathering as an explanation of Isaiah 29, 22-24 and 49, 25-26. The complementary dimension of asap and yasap, of gathering and adding, emerges in 1 Nephi 22:12. Nephi prophesies that the Lord will act in his covenant role as kinsman-redeemer, Goel, to add or bring Israel out of Egypt like bondage, and to gather Israel and bring them to their lands of promise as at the beginning. Wherefore, he will bring them again out, cf. Hebrew, Yosip Lehotziam, of captivity, and they shall be gathered together, cf. Weosepu, to the lands of their inheritance, and they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness, and they shall know that the Lord is their Savior and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. 1 Nephi 22.12 The context of Exodus-like deliverance suggests the underlying presence, conceptual or written, of the verb yatsah, which is abundantly used throughout the Hebrew Bible to describe Yahweh's bringing Israel out or forth from the captivity and bondage of Egypt. Jeremiah 31.32 provides a useful example, contemporary to Lehi's time, in the phrase, quote, The day that I took them by the hand to bring them out, Lehotziam of the land of Egypt. Quote. If so, the expressions "He will bring them again out" and "They shall be brought out" would constitute a polypeton, involving active and passive forms of the Hebrew verb yatsa. Donald W. Perry notes the anaphoric grammar evident in the successive third-person plural verbal constructions, "And they shall be gathered together," and "They shall be brought out." and they shall know. If the bring them out represents an infinitival construction like lehotziam, then the phrase 
he will again becomes additionally significant. One of the most common idiomatic ways of expressing he will do something again in biblical Hebrew is by means of the hifl third masculine singular verbal form yosip. The presence of yosip here would not only reverberate Nephi's uses of it in the previous verses, the Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work, 1 Nephi 22.8, and 1 Nephi 22.11, the Lord God will proceed to make bare, but also together with the verb, and they shall be gathered together, cf. weusepu, would evoke the name Joseph and the double etiology of Genesis 30.23-24. Here too, Nephi appears to follow a precedent set by Isaiah. Nephi's words in 1 Nephi 22.12 draw on several Isaiahic texts, beginning with Isaiah 11.11-12, which, as noted earlier, prophesies of the gathering of Israel from seven symbolic nations and the four corners of the earth, i.e. a complete gathering of Israel, as in the beginning, but on a much grander scale. Isaiah's prophecy also uses asap and yasap in a complementary rather than antithetical way. Quote, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble, Weasap, and shall gather in the outcasts of Israel and gather together, Wekabetz, the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth, Isaiah 11, 11 through 12. Nephi further develops Isaiah's prophecy in terms of the Abrahamic covenant beyond 1 Nephi 22, 8 through 12 in 2 Nephi 29, 14, where it makes clear that the complete gathering of Israel will be concomitant with the gathering of the Lord's word in one. Quote, And it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel, shall be gathered home unto the lands of their possessions, and my word also shall be gathered in one. And I will show unto them that fight against my word and against my people, who are of the house of Israel, that I am God, and that I covenanted with Abraham, that I would remember his seed forever. Second Nephi 29.14 In prophesying that, quote, they of the house of Israel shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness, First Nephi 22.12, Nephi appeals to Isaiah 29, 18-19, And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase, weospu, their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Nephi equates blind and deaf Israel hearing the words of the sealed book and seeing out of obscurity and out of darkness, with being brought out of obscurity and out of darkness by the Lord as divine warrior. In other words, the Lord would act to gather Israel from its scattered state, and the book would be the instrument of gathering, a gathering servant. In invoking Isaiah 29, 18-19, Nephi also invokes the stated results of the gathering, quote, The meek also shall increase, weospu, their joy in the Lord, close quote. Or as he later phrases it, quote, and the meek also shall increase, weosbu, and their joy shall be in the Lord, Second Nephi 27, 30. 
The Lord's proceeding, Yosip, Isaiah 29.14, 1 Nephi 22.8 and 11, to do this marvelous work would result in this marvelous increase, Weyosbu, Isaiah 29.19, all brought to pass through a Joseph. Only verses later does Isaiah situate the entire prophecy within the context of Abrahamic history, and thus implicitly in the context of the Abrahamic covenant. Quote, Therefore, thus saith the Lord who redeemed Abraham, concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the work of mine hands, in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name, and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Isaiah 29, 22-24 The Hebrew text rendered the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Yahweh el Bet Yaakob asher pada et Abraham, would be better rendered as the Lord, God of the house of Jacob, who redeemed Abraham. In other words, the word El, taken here as a preposition, should have been pointed as the word El, God. Jennifer C. Lane has insightfully noted that the phrase Asher Pada et Abraham, who redeemed Abraham, could constitute a brief allusion to the Lord's rescue of Abraham from the Egyptian altar of Ur of the Chaldees, as mentioned in the Book of Abraham, but otherwise unmentioned in the biblical corpus. The redemption of Abraham, Jacob, and their posterity by the kinsman redeemer across time, salvation history, reflects the atonement of Jesus Christ having its intended effect and the Lord's eventual triumph over evil. See Jacob 5. 1 Nephi 22.12 concludes with a prophetic declaration, quote, And they shall know that the Lord is their Savior and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Close quote. As noted above, Nephi's words constitute a direct quotation of Isaiah 49.26 the immediate context of that text as deliverance by the divine warrior. Quote, but thus saith the Lord, even the captors of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob, Isaiah 49, 25-26. Conclusion In 1 Nephi 22:6 and 8-12, Nephi quotes or alludes to four Old Testament passages twice in his description of how the Lord would bring to pass his promises in the Abrahamic covenant for the salvation of the human family. Genesis 22:18, Isaiah 29:14, Isaiah 49, 22-23, and Isaiah 52.10. On the basis of their shared use of the Hebrew word goyim, nations, kindreds, Gentiles, Nephi prophesies that the Lord would act in the latter days for the salvation of the entire human family. As he does elsewhere in 2 Nephi 25.17, when he combined Isaiah 11.11 and 29.14 on the basis of their shared use of yasap, Nephi uses Isaiah 29.14 with its keyword Yosip, Yosip, to 
to suggest that the iterative divine action to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant would take the form of a marvelous work and a wonder and would be accomplished through a Joseph. Sophisticated wordplay involving the names Abram, Abraham, and Joseph, evident in 1 Nephi 22.8-12, also reinforces the close connection between the gathering of the seed of Joseph, the patriarch, and the marvelous work, including the coming forth of additional scripture from the Gentiles that would help bring the Abrahamic covenant to complete fulfillment. Author's Note I would like to thank Susie Bowen, Jeff Lindsay, Alan Wyatt, Victor Wirth, Tanya Spackman, Don Norton, and Daniel C. Peterson. Matthew L. Bowen was raised in Orem, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an Associate Professor in Religious Education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He is the author of Name as Keyword, Collected Essays on Onomastic Wordplay and the Temple in Mormon Scripture. Salt Lake City, Interpreter Foundation and Eborn Books, 2018. With Aaron P. Shadi, he is the co-author of The Book of Moses, From the Ancient of Days to the Latter Days, Provo, Utah, Salt Lake City, Religious Studies Center, and Deseret Book, 2021. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blattberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Adele. This has been a recording of The Lord God Will Proceed, Nephi's Wordplay in 1st Nephi 22, 8-12, and the Abrahamic Covenant by Matthew Bowen. Published in Interpreter, A Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, Volume 50, 2022, read by Victor Wirth. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged, the journal and its website are credited, and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles on Latter-day Saint scripture can be found at journal.interpretafoundation.org. More information about the Interpretive Foundation, along with a wide array of additional resources, can be found at interpretafoundation.org.